Hello and welcome back to the CC Pro Podcast. In today's episode, we have the founders Dom and Alex from Antara. Now, members, this is a great episode. We hear from Dom and Alex about Antara the game, Antara the film, and the entire ecosystem, and why they believe that Antara the token is going to do very well in the coming years. We dive into a few different aspects from the tokenomics of the token, and of course, the value of having a film associated with a cryptocurrency. We could have spoke for ages about the token, about the project, and about the film, and we will probably have Alex back on soon to discuss more about the film as more details are revealed. We cannot wait for the token to launch this week. Remember, it's exclusive to CC Pro members only, and there's a video in CC Pro showing you exactly how to buy the token. Make sure to check that out before we go live this week. Okay, so here is the interview with Alex and Dom. All right, Dom, thanks very much for coming back on the podcast. Alex, it's great to have you on the podcast. And I guess a great place to start is just talking through the token and its role within the game um, itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, ANTT is the core uh, token, which stands for Antara token. Uh, it'll be used for almost uh, every function within the game to an extent. Um, so a lot of people um, think that, for example, uh, well, I guess they do think in, in a correct way, but uh, there's a balance to strike between accepting payments in token because obviously it increases people buying in order to spend the token. But at the same time, it means that in order to generate revenue as uh, a protocol and business, which a lot of people forget that crypto protocols need to be to uh, to survive. Um, funnily enough, they're not, not all charities. It's crazy. But, uh, you know, then obviously it does need to convert at some stage. So um, it's a balancing act between uh, making sure that we have uh, a good buy versus sell mechanic on that. So we'll try and do the predominant amount of use cases within the game as much sort of token-based as possible, implementing buy and uh, burn mechanics. Um, but yeah, there will be a, some level of Ethereum purchases as well because that means that we can actually, you know, create buy pressure with people buying items when we're actually putting that back into the token because burning tokens that people give you is one thing, but that doesn't translate uh, to buy pressure taking from you know, DEX liquidity, which is what all of these things track. So um, one really good mechanic, or I believe it will be, uh, in the tokenomics is the fact that with our land, so anyone who's played Clash of Clans will know that they have like their uh, own sort of a little area. So that's not our land. Uh, our land is what has like 10 or 20 of those actual bases on it. And in order to speed up production, uh, owners of land can stake their Antara token into their land parcel, which means that their land becomes much more attractive for other users to uh, play on. So the more tokens somebody has, the more they can stake into their land, the better their land is at producing resources, which makes it more attractive to better players. Better players, they come to that land as the landowner, they own a percentage of everything, and so it's like a perpetuating loop of incentives because it allows people to draw 
more gamers to play on their lands. And so we're going to be selling some guild parcels to big sort of play to earn uh, guilds to incentivize them to accumulate uh, the token. So we built that into the tokenomics in order to try and make sure that, uh, you know, we have that constant accumulation mechanic with uh, with whale wallets and with those landowners. So we haven't sold the lands yet. Those are still all to come. But, uh, but yeah, that mechanic should really uh, help push, uh, you know, pressure and reduce uh, sales. Yeah, and I guess from that, it also means that people have an incentive uh, to hold and stake, even if they're not gamers. So even if they're not involved in the game day to day, they still have that incentive to be involved and stake the token and kind of be involved in the overall ecosystem, as opposed to gamers on the left, speculators on the right. You've kind of been able to merge the two. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, to be realistic, uh, as much as I would love that, if everybody in crypto bought tokens for their utility, you know, uh, we aren't in that mature market yet. And, you know, it's like uh, with Decentraland, you know, mana holders and sand holders, you know, if you took a percentage of them and found out which ones had ever stepped foot in either of those metaverses, you'd probably find like 1% would have done. And so therefore, if they are just holding those tokens, they don't have anything to really do with them you know those metaverses work where you use that token within you know the metaverse itself it's essentially like a currency for that world and so we're giving that um you know sort of passenger level interactivity uh where they just literally need to accumulate stake and then the good players should come to their lands because they know that that way always got the best um, the best C, let's say. Yeah, definitely. And then again, obviously that in itself creates that buy pressure because um, looking at the tokenomics, it is only 120 million. Um, is that that's correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which compared to some crypto blockchain games is actually quite low. You know, some are in the billions. I dread to think there's some that are probably in the trillions. Um, so actually the staking incentives um, along with the game itself will hopefully lock up as much of that supply um, which then creates its own buy pressure on the token um, so yeah no I think I think it's it's certainly, certainly very attractive tokenomics for us yeah the um, good thing uh, I think that the actual launch market cap if I'm not mistaken it depends a lot of people uh calculate this differently for me i usually include the liquidity um so i think that the actual launch market cap uh if you take away you know everything that's vested and everything is is 750 to 800 thousand um dollars so there should be you know good room in there for you know uh price discovery um and yeah I think the strategic round has got like a good 15% TGE. Uh, so there should be, you know, a good uh, opportunity for people to, you know, um, the hope is for everyone, every you know, any way that they can, you know, become a long-term holder of the community uh, member. But obviously we're realistic with the fact that a lot of people, you know, do, uh, you know, use opportunities to speculate. And so having that large enough token generation event allocation thing it gives uh 
the comfortability to, you know, stick with their longer term sort of vested bags and uh, not be too, you know, stay engaged with what we're doing and follow us and make sure, you know, and get involved in the game once it's once it's out because yeah, we don't want to necessarily just be another uh, game in metaverse where ninety nine percent of our holders are aren't actually you know active. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed it's uh, going to work out to be best for everyone. Yeah, and I think um, one of the attractive things as well about the token is the maybe not exposure is the wrong word, but the um. Yeah, exposure with the entire ecosystem. Um, so obviously, uh, our, our community are big car fans, so they love the Camel uh, NFTs with the Porsche Racing Team. Absolutely love that. In fact, I've had just as many questions about uh, the NFTs recently. Um, and then obviously, uh, we've got the film that we'll kind of come on to later. But is that, you feel like a big selling point of the token is it's part of a bigger ecosystem. There's the game and then there's other things as well. Yeah, I'll let um, I'll let Alex come in um, in because yeah, the Porsche racing team I would love to take some credit for, but uh, unfortunately, it wasn't my uh, wasn't my bag. You're <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So I mean, look, ultimately, I think the IP of Antara is it is officially like the biggest IP that we can leverage off in the whole MENA region. And um, like Dom said before in another podcast, we, we know each other because we were at Rivalry Brokers. Um, I was at one stock brokerage and he was at another stock brokerage. And uh, we met through a, a mutual friend. And um, it just seemed to be a good match because I was doing some stuff on the movie side and raising $50 million for this uh, Antara franchise for the first uh, epic. And, um, and you know, the opportunity to, came to, to grow the Antara movie into a whole franchise which involves... Uh, of course, gaming, comics, graphic novels, anime, toys, merchandise, and things like that. And if you look at where the Middle East is now, um, I mean, cinemas were banned in Saudi Arabia until 2018. And um, a friend of mine, he did the first movie, the first big movie out of uh, out of Saudi Arabia called Born a King, financed by Prince Turkey. And, um, and then he went on to do uh, Champions, and then he did uh, Kandahar with Gerard Butler in Saudi Arabia. So I, I partnered up with him to do this big epic in Antara, and we ended up partnering with uh, Neon, who's building the $500 billion mega city in Saudi Arabia. And, um, and I mean, I came into this not as a quote-unquote film geek, but more so as an entrepreneur. And I just I saw the IP, I saw where the MENA region is, how they're spending, and I just saw um, I just saw too big of an opportunity to not dedicate, like, you know, the past three years of my life fully to this. So um, we're going to be shooting out in Neon. They're our partner on us. It was announced in the Hollywood Reporter, Deadline Variety. It was announced back at Venice Film Festival. And um, yeah, it's a big sort of 12-week shoot we're doing in September. We've got three months prior to that building big castles and big sets in, uh, in Saudi Arabia in the middle of the desert. And we've managed to pull together now six Oscar winners on the movie side um, from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, from... Yeah, uh, Gravity with Sandra Bullock from uh, people. You know, I don't want to. I, I won't do too much sort of name dropping. But um, and then on the comic, anime, and graphic novel side, we've partnered up with an Oscar winner, Emmy Award winner, who did things like Rick and Morty, um, who are working on the anime. So the strategy for this, and not to deviate too much from the gaming side of things, which is the main focus, is that as an IP and Tara, we've got huge partners that we've pulled together in the past nine months. 
um, to really grow like a studio model. So, you know, Lord of the Rings has their studios, Harry Potter studios here in the UK, and there's all sorts of stuff with Disney and in Orlando and things like that. So we proposed this to the Saudis as like an Antara Studios where we would build and do all the franchises there and and basically have a huge cultural export out of that region. And if you look into like, you know, if you fly to LA, New York, other parts of the world, they're kind of tired is the first impression when I get, when I go to the airports, I think the economies are tired. A lot of the people are tired. But when you go and fly into like Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, you're like, whoa, the next 10 years belongs to this region. You know, so we were very quick to just leverage off this IP. It's the biggest story in Arabian history, the biggest love story, the biggest hero. And um, of course, doing the gaming side of it and getting exposure and leverage in the Middle East is like a complete no-brainer. So um, so that that's what made this match really good between us on the movie side, Dom and everything he's done in, within his space. And um, even though we've done so many things and raised capital and we've won multiple awards and it kind of feels like we're still just getting started. So um, I think a bright five, 10 years ahead of us for this. Yeah, no, definitely. And I um, I won't go too much on tired Western economies. Otherwise, me and Dom will be here till midnight yeah. talking about it. But um, no, we totally agree. Um, you know, we, we see so much potential Middle East, uh, Asia. I think um, certainly the synergy between crypto gaming and uh, the story for this film works amazing um uh, whenever you read anything about it it just it just seems to work really well and i know um dom you've kind of said in the past that the game is in the style of um clash of the clans is that kind of your benchmark is that where you are aiming to kind of i think they've got a 2.2 billion market cap um is that kind of your yeah well uh your, so your... Clash, of, clash of clans um part of the uh... Epic Games, um, but that covers like the uh, that covers like a few others like Clash Royale. But I think in terms of revenue, like they do something stupid like billions of revenue, and the average gamer in the Middle East, in particular, like spends about ten times more than um, you know, it's like Southeast Asia and, and other areas that are synonymous with crypto gaming, and so there is a huge. Uh, huge market there um especially to tap in because some of the biggest clans in clash of clans are um arab based um because there's a lot of um you know uh sons of sheikhs with uh you know an unlimited <laughs> bank card that are buying gems 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 to you know get very you know uh the best bases very very quickly um and so you know giving them the story of um, Antara, uh, where they can actually play it, um, we're hoping. Yeah, you know, it's hard to it's hard to take gamers from something that they uh, are really really well in. However, it does have a very transferable mechanic. So, people who are familiar with Clash of Clans or with like a build and battle genre in general. Uh, will be able to very, very quickly pick up this game. So um, we don't want to try too hard to, like, you know, go after Clash of Clans gamers because people don't like being sold to. Um, you know, everybody much prefers to at least feel like they've... The best advertising is where people don't feel like they've been sold to and you 
make people believe it's their decision, you know, influencing people without letting them know, because otherwise nobody likes to feel led. Um, so just by le leveraging sort of the Antaro IP and allowing that to speak for itself to, you know, the um, relatability element um, should allow us to really grow it. And like I say, the build and battle it genre is very transferable and once people are familiar with one then, then they should be able to pick up the other quickly and uh, it really lends itself to blockchain as well super uh like with with the fact that they do have uh on clash of clans you've got elixir and, and gold um and then you've got sort of gems that you you purchase in order to sort of have upgrades but the antarva token is like the gem so people can spend it to um you know, finish upgrades quicker or, um, you know, earn our other, the secondary uh, token, um, Denar, just for raiding other people. And so the whole whole concept of Antara just uh, lent itself. That sort of tribal warfare is, you know, whether you call it a tribe or a clan, it's a, you know, same sort of, uh, same sort of mechanic. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and in terms of, Obviously, we are going live this week. This week, um, do you have rough ideas when launch is going to be? Um, is that kind of nailed down yet, or? So we're working to the eighth of Feb now. So uh, it could be that's yeah, still tentative in terms of it could be delayed, but I don't see any any reason why it would now because we've just uh, signed up with um, Gamers Pad. Um, which is Bull Bullperks um, Launchpad, who are have got a really good rep and they they've launched some really solid uh, projects and done some good multiples. Um, and then we're also talking to Engine Starter, who are interested in um, joining as well. Um, in fact, they want to do a, a bigger allocation than um, than Gamespad, which is uh, just what we're chatting to them about currently before signing dotted line. So. They're two really uh, good launch pads, and at the moment we're discussing uh, sort of the eighth with them as our go live date. So those two will probably be, you know, in the days leading up to. So yeah, maybe uh, I'd say I'm I'm very very sure that it will be at least like eight to the seven days from the eighth onwards. Um, I'd be very very confident in that interval, but eighth is what we're working to and. Just giving it a bit of room in case. Yeah, it's crypto after all. Mm. You know what? On that note, the fact that it's crypto, I think a really unique, unique situation, and why I'm especially bullish on this whole thing is, um, in the crypto space, things have to happen quick, fast, and um, and we kind of have the the speed and momentum on the gaming side and the token, which is going to provide a lot of buzz and fun. But what I'm especially happy about is the fact that we've got this nice big monster on the side which is the first movie and then the second third fourth and like the oscar winners that we've put together and it's a huge director i mean simon west did expandables with schwarzenegger and uh, conair general's daughter he did um what else did he do he did tomb raider lara croft and um, some huge stuff and he just finished christoph waltz's last movie with lucy Liu. And so whilst everything and all the buzz is happening with the game and the token, we're going to have all these behind the scenes on the movie, cast announcements. Um, and it's very rare to have a crypto project that has, uh, I guess, web to big respectability, as in most of the big trade magazines don't want to touch 
um, crypto slash Web3 projects at the moment because just all of the, the kerfuffle with FTX and Binance and things like that. But I mean, when we announced this deal with Neon, it went straight into Hollywood Reporter, straight into Deadline, straight into Variety. Um, Time Magazine was interviewing me for like an hour and a half. And it's great to have that big Web2 respectability as well as the, the crypto space as well. You need that double-edged sword. So of every of all the projects I've seen out there, this is the only one of this scale, this big, which has been going strong, um, as opposed to some of the other ones which are more sort of Web3 only, if you know what I mean. So I think it's that's incredibly bullish to have that double-edged sword. Yeah, 100%. Uh, one of the things we spoke about with our members was in crypto, you pretty much need um, an amazing utility, which is there or thereabouts, an amazing community or huge amounts of hype um, to actually have a successful crypto project. Now, normally the hype and the community comes from within crypto, but I think the partnership between having the film is going to bring the traditional world, if you like, into the crypto space. Um, so there's kind of like that dual, you know, building hype and community while in the crypto space, but then in the traditional world through the film and everything else that's going on, it's just going to combine, um, which could make it, you know, a bit of a monster in a good way. You know what I mean? Totally. And yeah, and I mean, this is actually one of the reasons why I was sort of inspired to, to start this movie with the Web3 because it like it puts you in a position to put together a bit of a cult following, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you want fans for Antara before you play the game. You want fans for Antara before you before the movie comes out. You want people to anticipate. Um, I mean, look, goodness, we've been even trying to guess, uh, believe it or not, we've been trying to get Antara poetry into high schools in the UK to make it part of some of the syllabus. So high school kids are learning this as part of their, you know, as long as the other classics, Dickens and Shakespeare and everything. And um, I mean, we help, we we got help from uh, one of the professors of Arabic literature in, in Cambridge, um, who's a Glaswegian, I think. He, he's from Scotland and he's a professor of Arabic literature. It's, it's so funny. It's quite a rare situation, and um, and he's translated all of Antara's poetry into uh, into English, and um, so it's not it wasn't really known about in the West until we kicked off with all of this. But like you say, having a strong crypto community and a buzz, and you know, combined with a cult following who can geek out on this lore, and um, combine that with big Hollywood studio distribution and, and a listers, it's like it's a mean combination, you know. Um, it's taken a while, um, but good things take time, you know. Yeah, 100%. And also, um, I guess from the crypto side, you want to make sure you're launching at a you know, a, a good time as well um, to make sure you can kind of capitalise on that momentum as well. Um, just kind of finally, uh, just uh, wanted to get kind of both your thoughts on or what's going on in terms of what more publicity is coming. I know you're doing the film festivals. Um, is there any other promo that you're working on that uh, our members would kind of like to hear about? So we've already done a big um, uh, KOL or slash influence around whatever people want to call it, whether it's key opinion leader or um, anything else. So we've got some a good group of um, supporters across like sort of all international internationalities. Yeah, across all nationalities, um, and yeah, some of them are, are pretty uh, pretty big names. Will be supporting so. Um, there's a lot of like, um, I mean, like I say, because of, you know, them and, and launching tokens before, not not our first rodeo. And uh, 
you know, the best, the best marketing is always, um, you know, what's not obviously paid. Like there's certain, like people who used to be influencers, like Carl the moon, where just no one, like no one would ever, uh, look at one of his tweets and think that's not bought and paid for. And that's really where I'll, uh, our multi um, or transmedianist sort of comes in is the fact that we we've got such huge marketing power that isn't you know paid for marketing as in it's like it's noise which is what is good because noise is selling to people it's just buzz and it's just so much content and so we're going to be leveraging that as much as possible so we do have the traditional crypto influencers in in the KOL round, but we're going to try and make sure that we can leverage off everything organically as much as possible because, you know, it's very, very easy to spend hundreds of thousands or millions, um, you know, on these this crypto-specific marketing. And it does pretty, you know, the convertibility of actual, like, you know, I don't think I've ever spent, it was very, very rare I've ever spent uh, funds on crypto marketing and thought that was a good use of money after the fact. So luckily we've got tons of like, you know, Web2 respectable uh, ways and, you know, all of the PRs that are put out at all stages of the journey and we'll be able to leverage and, and you know, jump on them, um, obviously to an extent. So, you know, we, we do have the mix, but we've brought on the KOL round just for the added, you know, crypto market but we're really hoping that the uh you know web 2 movie and organic push will do a lot of the work for us yeah we'll be doing uh the festivals as well we'll be doing uh we just did the red sea film festival so they flew us out there to speak about what we did there there was some news interviews i think all the middle eastern news channels have, have pretty much covered mtv lbc al arabia um like yeah they've, they've all sort of bloomberg last time um and they're keeping up with the story so next time we go out there there'll be more interviews we'll, we'll be able to get more expo exposure on the actual news um but they're flying us to dubai then we're doing hong kong film festival of course we'll be doing Cannes. uh we've been invited to speak in beverly hills and um, so there's going to be you know periodically every sort of six to eight weeks there's going to be these big stages um as well as all the press and pr and of course everything we're doing within the crypto space as well so i think it's going to be very exciting hopefully the market is timed right with uh, bitcoin having and you know Let's see. Let's hope the bull returns. And I think if everything goes as it's planned, goodness, what a year. Yeah, no, 100%. And uh, just a final point. I think uh, what you said, Dom, as well, is growing that organically means that you you get people that want to stay around. Whereas if you get the people that bought because an influencer told them to, they're just buying to hopefully flip it in a week or so, um, which we've saw recently with a project. Um, so, yeah. Thanks very much for your time. Um, our members are going to be buzzing after that. I am. Um, and I know Deck was after the first call as well. So uh, I appreciate you taking time out. I know you've got really busy schedules back to back um, things going on. So uh, I really appreciate your time. And we're buzzing for this week to, to launch the token and uh, get our members involved. LFG. LFG. <laughs> LFVG. LVFG. That's very it. Okay, so that was the interview with Alex and Dom. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're as buzzing as I was after the interview. 
they could literally talk for hours about how this project is going to be huge, how the Hollywood film is going to be a game changer, and how they're doing something really unique in the cryptocurrency space. Dom and Alex will be back on the podcast, and we might even have them on a live stream very, very soon. But for now, get ready for the launch of Antara. Make sure you've got your Ethereum in your MetaMask, and you have your Phantom Solana wallet ready to go. We are buzzing to launch this this week, so get ready for a huge, huge opportunity for all of CC Pro. Thanks very much for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you again soon.